you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 38 of the Toolstation Western League podcast. My name is Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the author of the bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. How are yourself? I've got a terrible case of man flu. Oh, dear. I know. I could I could explode into a fit of sneezing at any time in this podcast. <laughs> so, so just brace yourself. I also had a very strange experience last night. Um, last week I bought my wife a cheese board. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, one of those, one, one of the ones you can get off the internet, you can put a little bit of engraving in it. There was a, you know, there was an occasion. We don't need to sort of bore the listeners too much into my private life. But anyway, I bought her this cheese board. So last night she thought it'd be a good idea to have some cheese. It is a bad idea to go to bed on cheese. (laughs) May I just say, because I had a very weird set of dreams last night. Now, of course, famously, about 120 years ago, Bram Stoker, uh, he had a lot of cheese. He probably had a lot of port or something as well. I didn't have any port, by the way. But he wrote Dracula off the back of a, you know, off an odd dream and um, made a lot of money out of it, I'm sure. And we're still talking about the story today. Last night, I am not joking. I am not saying this for comedic effect because it is absolutely true. And I, I would challenge anybody to make this up. I had a dream about Street Football Club. Now, I, I don't know whether it's been brought on by a prolific number of announcements that they've made on social media. It's possible. I mean, we did talk to Richard Fay last week, and I think that it would be unfair to draw any parallels between himself and Dracula, albeit that he does have very piercing eyes. Now, I'm not saying that he's a vampire, but what I am saying is if I write a book about Street Football Club then I don't think anybody's going to be talking about it in 120 years' time. But I did have a strange... I certainly had a very strange evening. Anyway, <laughs> that brings us straight into um, the uh, the matches um, for this week. Normally, of course, Tom, we would start on the uh, on Monday the 23rd of April, but we actually did that last week because we um, we had our little tete-a-tete on, uh, on Tuesday, didn't we? So we don't, need to, we don't need to go down that road again, even though it was very entertaining. Uh, but we will start on um, on Tuesday, the twenty fourth of April, and we had, I mean, virtually a full schedule of games, Tom. Yeah, indeed, uh, plenty going on uh, in the first division. Five fixtures taking place, obviously. Big backlog for some teams, I think, in particular, um, Buckland and Bridport. Uh, looking ahead, um, they've got absolutely um, millions of games. It feels like coming up in the final couple of weeks. But yeah, last Tuesday, uh, four away wins in the Premier Division out of the five games. Uh, Cribs. Uh, winning 2-0 away at Bitten. Uh, there was also a big win for, for Hengrove away at Brislington. Uh, they went ahead uh, in the first few minutes uh, through Jack Fillingham uh, before further goals from then Giorgio Mancini, uh, James Boyle and Brandon Fahili helped them to victory. Uh, the only home team to win uh, on Tuesday night in the Premier Division were Longwell Green, uh, finishing the season uh, with a bit of a boon, which is nice for them. They beat Wellington 3-2. Uh, Chet the Mallet, definitely a team in form. Uh, a 4-1 win away at Wells. Uh, local rivals, obviously. Uh, Joe Morgan, James Billing and Tom Hill uh, among the goal scorers for them. Uh, and then another uh, derby match. Uh, there was a 1-0 win for Buckland uh, away at Willand. Um, Kai Fisher scoring the only goal of that game uh, in the 63rd minute. Yeah, it was a big one as well, wasn't it? I mean, that was certainly a top-of-the-table clash. Uh, great effort there. And in the first division, well, we had I think we had even more games, didn't we? Yeah, I think there was six, I think it was. So, yeah, plenty going on and plenty of goals as well. Big wins. Uh, Bristol Telephones, 3-0 at home to Malmesbury. Uh, there was a 5-1 win for Cheddar at home to Chiffenham Park. 
Callum Ham was the star in that one, getting a hat trick. Uh, we had uh, a four-three game uh, between Wincanton and Caution. So Wincanton coming out on top in that seven-goal thriller. Uh, it was a pair of penalties from Dan Wise and then a goal from Marcus Cook. Uh, saw them go go ahead, uh, but then uh, Caution managed to fight back. Goals from Jamie Owen, Jaden Pappy, and Lee Rogers getting them on uh, level terms. Uh, but then in the 88th minute, it was Shearer again, so Darren Shearer scoring the winner, uh, yeah, two minutes from time, uh, to help win Campton to a 4-3 win at home to Caution. Uh, it was also a 2-0 win for Carlton Town away at Warminster, uh, with Stuart Windsor scoring both of their goals. Uh, and then also a 2-2 draw, uh, a pretty important game there uh, between Bradstock and Canesham. Obviously, Canesham at the time pushing for promotion, uh, but uh, relinquishing a two-goal lead in this one. Uh, two goals up, as I say, inside seven minutes uh, through Matt Brown and Matt Longsworth. Absolutely uh, flying, uh, but then Radstock managed to pull things back. We did pinpoint this as a, one of the tougher games uh, during the run-ins for the, uh, the big side at the top of the first division, uh, and they did succumb. Yeah, a 2-2 draw, and it was James Russell and Danny Locke uh, scoring the equalisers uh, for Radstock. Uh, and then finally, there was also a 1-0 win uh, for Ashton and Backwell uh, away at Bishopson. That was another Shearer. That was Sol scoring for them in that win there. We, we did, of course, as you say, um, point out that radstock Canesham game as pivotal. I don't think we probably realised just how pivotal it was going to be because Absolutely. Radstock have been inconsistently consistent, or consistently mm-hmm. inconsistent. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, that, 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 uh, that game against Canesham there proving, well, quite decisive in the grand scheme of things. But I think we've got to have a final mention. What was the name of the hat-trick hero for Cheddar, Tom? That was Callum Ham. I mean, he's uh, yeah, he's been amongst the goals this season. I think he's their top scorer, and he scores quite a few penalties. But yeah, he was the man for them. Uh, yeah, as I say, big big five-one win for them at home to Chippenham Park. Uh, I think he scored once in the first half, and then yeah, added uh, two more goals after the break. So that's Callum Ham for Cheddar. Callum Ham, ham and cheese. Absolutely. Lovely combo. Well, very much so, and cheese featuring heavily so far in this week's podcast. <laughs> right then, slightly less busy on uh, Wednesday, but of course Brid- Bridport were in action, of course, why wouldn't they be? Yeah, the home games, obviously, they don't have many Saturday home games, so they save those for Wednesday night. Uh, and they prevailed in this one, a 4-2 uh, home for, for them over Chipping Sodbury. Uh, Ed Butcher, Oscar Latis and uh, Richard Hebditch uh, giving them a half-time lead. And then it was Andy Martin who wrapped things up three minutes from time after a, a pretty good fight back from Chipping Sudbury Town. But yeah, a win for Bridport. And there was also a win in the Premier Division on Wednesday for, for Melksham. Another victory for them. Uh, Gary Higdon not on the score sheet in this one. So Luke Ballinger, uh, Rob Hobbs and Jamie Lyons helping them to a 3-0 victory away at Cadbury Heath. And a couple of games as well in the First Division. Yeah, and we have another hat-trick hero. Uh, it was Ben Dowdle uh, this time for Oldland. I think he used to play for Cribs. So he's uh, yeah dropped down a division and he's... Uh, Amongst the goals for Oldland, a 4-0 win over Almondsbury, uh, and then also a 3-2 win for Welton. Obviously, haven't haven't finished the season probably as they'd hoped, but yeah, a good result for them last uh, Wednesday. And it was goals from Courtney Charles, Lewis Coleman and Chris Pyle helping them to a 3-2 win away at Porter's Head. Now then, uh, Thursday. Not that many games, but still, well, still a lot busier than a normal Thursday. And in the Premier Division, I know you're going to take us through it, Tom, um, but I mean, there was one hell of a belter, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Buckland, obviously, one of those teams. Plenty of games, uh, and they don't seem to be tiring. A 2 0 win, uh, home to Street, obviously, ending that, that long unbeaten run that Street had had. Uh, I think it was probably nearing 30 league games, uh, but that finally came to an end on Thursday uh, at home as Heath. Uh, and it was, um, yeah, obviously, they play each other in, a, a Lev, in the Lev Phillips Cup uh, semi uh, coming up on, uh, on Monday. So, um, a precursor for that 
and it was Connor Clifford and Les Affle uh, scoring the goals for Buckland in that win. Uh, and on third, there was also a, a draw uh, between Brislington and Will, and that finished one all, uh, with Aidan Moyle uh, bagging an injury time equaliser for the away side in that one. Uh, right, in the first division, well, when both teams score, it was goals galore, and that certainly happened on uh, on Thursday, the 26th of April. Absolutely, four games, and uh, yeah, three of them finishing one all. So we had Bristol Telephones uh, drawing uh, home to, to Warminster. A uh, special shout-out for Zane Alimi, he's finishing the season extremely well for Bristol Telephones. I think he scored in maybe his last four games, so yeah, he's doing extremely well. Uh, also, a one-all draw between Malmesbury and uh, Roman Glass. Obviously, Roman Glass um, have since... Uh, confirm their promotion but yeah a little slip up in this one but uh, yeah uh, a crucial point it proved to be in the end uh, and then the other one all draw Cheddar uh, in action again after their Tuesday uh, victory uh, a one all draw away at Wincanton uh, and then the only winners of the night then were Bradstock uh, 3-2 win at home to Devizes so yeah bringing our uh, Devizes free game winning run to an end in that Big, uh, busy old week for Radstock there, Absolutely. and uh, unfortunately on the same day, poor old Bitten um, couldn't win the uh, the GFA Challenge Trophy against Brink, uh, Brinskim and Thrapp. That uh, Bitten losing their three one. Um, anyway, well that moves us on to our our normal fare, Tom. Saturday the twenty eighth of April, we've got a very full schedule in both the Premier Division and the First Division, and you will I you and I will start our musings with Brislington against Bitten. Yeah, Brislington um, not not ending the season too badly. Obviously, they did uh, they got that draw with Street pretty recently, uh, and then a, a win in this one, a three-two victory at home to Bitten, and it was two goals from Lewis Britton helping them uh, to the victory. Scored neither half, and there was also a goal for Nikel Plummer in that. So yeah, a three-two win for, for Brislington. They could still finish as high as twelfth in the table, so that'd be a pretty good finish for them. Uh, Buckland Athletic, their remarkable conclusion to mm-hmm. the season, continuing the momentum still building. Yeah, I mean, they could still finish second. I think if the points are there to be won, uh, but they do have a, a horrendous schedule coming out. I think it's four and four, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, talking of four, they put four past Longwell Green on the weekend, a 4-1 victory for them, uh, and a hat-trick uh, for Craig Duff helping them in, in that one to, to the three points. Helen, uh, they had a game against Bridport. Yeah, they did, and it was the away side who came out on top, uh, a 4-1 win for Bridport. Mark Salter, obviously, who uh, reached his 500 goal uh, Marston last week he was amongst the goals again. Uh, Richard Hebditch, another goal for him. Uh, and then but Daryl Chapman uh, sorry, Daryl Charman responding for Fowlin to make it uh, two one at the interval. Uh, but then uh, yeah, Bridport powered home in the second half, Oscar Latus and then Solskjaer again, so uh, goal number five hundred and two of the career and uh, yeah, that's four one win for Bridport away at Howland. Now Hengrove, they've been finishing this season in the Premier Division in very good form, but uh, well they came up against a very good Bridgewater town side. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Bridgeport are uh, coming out as a as a three nil victor in this one, and it was goals from Jake Llewellyn, Jack Taylor, there, their leading scorer, uh, and then also Mark Armstrong after half time. Um, yeah, three nil win for them away at Hengrove. Yeah, pretty surprising result, as you say. Hengrove doing really well to to end the season. I think they'll be hoping for a for a top half finish. That's for sure. Now there was an absolute belter at the Oakfield Stadium, wasn't there? Massive crowd. 424 saw this one. Tom Melksham took on Wellington, but the home side didn't have it all their own way. No, absolutely. Had to had to fight really hard for this one. They did eventually uh, gain those crucial three points, uh, and they look look good good odds to to finish second. But uh, yeah, they came from behind in this one. Joe Chamberlain scoring from from really long range for Wellington to put them ahead at the break. Uh, but then just around the hour mark, uh, they Melksham managed to get back into the game. Uh, Gary Higdon firstly scoring from the spot after a foul on uh, Dan Demkiv, 
and then just five minutes later, Higdon Higdon scored again. So he's the man. He's the man of the season, isn't he? Really, uh, he completed the turnaround, scoring two in in five minutes to yeah give, give Melksham the two-one win and the, the three crucial points. Now another side in good form is Odd Down. Uh, they had a good win at home to Cribs. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, as you say, finishing the season well. I think they'll be pretty happy with, with how things have gone recently. Uh, two-one win at home to Cribs. Uh, yeah, Benwich scoring a penalty inside two minutes, so giving them a, a perfect start. And then Ash McGrain, who's who's been among the goals recently, uh, he was yeah uh, score after half time and a two-one win for them. Shepton Mallet. Now this is this could be interesting for Les Phillips Cup form. Um, they um, they put to the sword Cadbury Heath. They did uh, a five-one win for them. Uh, yeah, their April form has been as good as anyone's. I think um, winning run now extended to five matches. Uh, they did actually get behind this one. It was Simon McElroy uh, who put um, put Cadbury Heath ahead, uh, but then Cameron Sanford got them back on level terms. And then just before half time, uh, five goals. No, sorry, three goals in the space of five minutes um, from Tyson Pollard, Isaac Reed, and Ryan Pike, pretty much ending the. The game is a contest, uh, and then in the second half, Joe Morgan completed the, uh, the scoring. Yeah, and they're now up into sixth spot. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the end of the season. I just had plenty, plenty to look forward to for them. Now, I might not be the only person who's having who's having nightmares about street. Mm-hmm. I think the Chipping Sodbury fans and probably the players are after Saturday's performance. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a six-one win for street, our champions. Um, yeah, ending the season, um, obviously... Lost their unbeaten run, lost their winning run, but yeah, um, back, to, back to form in this one, a 6-1 victory. Uh, David O'Hare, uh, he scored a hat-trick in this one. And uh, Steve Murray, another man who scored 20 goals uh, this season, he was he, uh, he had opened the scoring earlier in the game. And then there was also a, a goal for captain Ben Amgar and also Lewis Waldy later on. So yeah, a big win for the Cobblers. Uh, now Wells, um, they entertained Clevedon Town. Yeah, and uh, Clevedon's last game of the season, I believe. So uh, a good way to go out, they claimed a 2-1 win. Uh, away at Wells, uh, they were behind, uh, but then penalties in the, the final 15 minutes, a pair of them from uh, Clayton Fortune, firstly, and then Alex White uh, in injury time, helping them to a 2-1 win. Uh, yeah, away at Wells, knowing that, yeah, that was their last game of the season, so uh, a good win for, for Cleveland to bow out on. Now, this final match, hmm. pivotal um, for this Premier Division's second place. Um, Will and Rovers and Bradford Town, they're two teams that we've been talking about all season. And, uh, I mean, this game didn't disappoint, did it? A seven-goal thriller. And, um, well, sadly, um, one of these two sides uh, had to sort of miss out. Um, uh, but the home side, you know, uh, going well. Yeah, indeed. Uh, an absolute classic match. Um, I don't know where to start. Uh, Bradford very much um, good at coming from behind and they, they had to prove that again. Willand uh, going ahead twice through Brett Warby and Adam Hill uh, in the first half. Uh, but then Martin Lenahan and then a, a, Sam Jem, a Sam Jordan header uh, getting the away side back on level terms. So it was uh, all square going into half-time. Uh, and then Willand going ahead again. So very much a, a scene um, which uh, took over this game. Willand taking the lead. But then Bradford yet again getting back on level terms. It was Jordan again grabbing his second of the afternoon to make it 3-0. But there was late drama and it was uh, Fletcher Williams uh, who scored. Uh, the seventh goal of this game, and it went to Willand, obviously. Uh, a 4-3 win for them, and uh, yeah, um, brilliant match. And obviously both teams had plenty to play for, so it was, um, yeah, uh, hopefully the 121 there uh, enjoyed their afternoon out. Now in the first division, Ormsbury were at home to Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, and uh, Ashton and Backwell claiming a, an away win. 1-0 they, they won in that one, and it was a goal from Connor Biggins helping them to the, the three points there. 
Now, I don't know what's happened to Sherbourne Town, <laughs> but um, they're scoring goals for fun. Yeah, suddenly found the touch in front of goal, uh, potentially at the wrong time, but um, it'll be, yeah, uh, pretty good going into next season, hopefully, if they can, uh, yeah, keep this form going. Uh, Luke Jackson scoring a hat-trick for them, a 5-0 win uh, away at Calm, and there was also two goals from Mark Kane, so yeah. Uh, 5-0 to Sherbourne away at Calm. Absolutely terrific result. Cheddar, well, they only took a point at home to Bristol Telephones. Yeah, indeed, and they had to come from behind to do so. Uh, Lee Pittman and, and uh, Zayn Alimi, who I mentioned earlier, uh, putting the telephones 2-0 up. Uh, but then uh, the Cheeseman, yeah, doing well, battling back at Bowden's Park. And it was two goals just before half-time in quick succession uh, from Adam Jones. He's, uh, yeah, he's their leading scorer this season. And that made it two all at the break. Uh, yeah, and that was how it stayed. But they're probably still favourites to, to finish in four spots. I think it's been a it's been a good season for Cheddar, obviously hoping to, to push on uh, in, in 2019. Now, a good crowd at Corsham Town saw the home side only manage a draw against Malmesbury Victoria. Yeah, and they had gone ahead in this one. Uh, Lee Rogers putting uh, Corsham in the lead. Uh, but then Malmesbury did manage to, as you say, um, get, get, get a point. And it was an injury time equaliser for them. Uh, yeah, helping them to, to the point, obviously, um, down in 14, so it was a pretty good result for them, but yeah, um, that, one, that was how that one finished, one all. Now, I'm glad to hear that, uh, well, I'm glad to see that uh, the listeners of the podcast have been taking my advice and uh, took a trip to Devizes mm. Town. 110 saw the home side's game against Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, and they'll be looking, I've mentioned... Uh, another team looking forward to next season, I think, finishing the season uh, with a blaze. Uh, a 4-1 win at home to Oldland. Uh, six wins from the previous seven now. Uh, and it was all, all the goals uh, before half-time coming for Devizes, so um, absolutely shooting out the blocks. Uh, Jack Hopper, Ali Bradley, Matt Russell and Tom Slater. Um, they were 3 nil ahead inside 12 minutes, so yeah, absolutely uh, fantastic start for them. And yeah, a 4-1 win over Oldland. Now, the biggest crowd in the first division and the second biggest in the Toolstation Western League, was at Canesham Town. The home side needed a win. It needed They needed three points to keep mm. that um, that three-horse race going, but, um, well, they could only manage one, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a terrific match. Obviously, the Canesham fans will have gone home um, uh, pretty upset, and they are the team, uh, it looks like, who, yeah, they're going to miss out on promotion. Uh, a three-all draw at home to Chippenham Park. Matt Long, Nathan Kernock and Ben Bamman all scoring for the home side, but it wasn't enough. Uh, chipping apart to their credit, battling uh, really hard uh, and helping out the other two sides, obviously. And it was Ben Pring, Lewis McCarran and Jamie Norman scoring for them. So, yeah, just a point for Canesham. Uh, but, yeah, fantastic away point for Chippen and Park. Must look at it that way as well. Now then, this game is of crucial importance in the great shake-up um, in the first division this season. Portishead Town with the home side, Roman Glass St George, the visitors. Yeah, and it was the away side who came away with the three points, the crucial three points uh, that have confirmed their promotion. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic result for them. Uh, going ahead pretty early in this one, uh, Ryan Radford fouled in the box uh, with Jason Burt then converting uh, a penalty in just the second minute. Uh, and then Radford, who's done really well this season, he scored during the second half uh, to help wrap things up. And, yeah, a 2-0 win for Rem Glass, and obviously with Kainsham as well, that proved to be enough. So, yeah, they will be applying their trade in the Premier Division next season. Well, I hope that they get the crowds that they deserve because only mm. 40 were at that game with Portis Head and um, I think the Roman, you know, Roman Glass have done some great things uh, this season so we hope that their good form uh, continues next season. I would have spoken to their manager 
um, to congratulate him on that achievement. But Andy Gurney's already on the beach, and I'm not even using that as a footballing <laughs> euphemism. He literally is on holiday. So Andy gave me the phone number of uh, Liam Greening, his assistant manager, and I had a chat with Liam earlier today, and I congratulated him on the Glasses promotion to the Premier Division. Yeah, thank you, Ian. Yeah, yeah, we stumbled over a line in the end. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We'll sort of come to the climax of the season in a uh, in a minute. But I mean, it's been a fascinating season, and uh, I think that the secret to your success, and indeed um, that of Canesham and Westbury, is that you have been more consistent than most. Yeah, to the final four games, <laughs> where we, uh, we, we everyone tried to chuck it away. I think ourselves and Canesham, but it, from I think September the 30th, I think, we've lost one game, that was to Westbury. So, um, yeah, we, well, I mean, we've, we've had a couple of draws in there, but, yeah, I think that's, I think the top three have been consistently got better, I think. I think we played everybody in, and I think there is, no disrespect to the areas, there was a bit of a gap between the, the top three, Kate, Jim, ourselves and Westbury, and, um, I think if you look at their records, they probably they probably not lost that many games either um, on, on their long runs. They've all had so it, it, it was an interesting end really, and, and it, it's a credit to the teams that took points off of both us and Kingston. Really, and a credit to the league because they could have folded and let us carry on with it. Really, but they they dug Almondsbury, Malmesbury, Backwell, Port Zed our last four games. I mean, we drew two and then won, we won two at Port Zed and one nil at Batwell. I mean, they were all our games. And obviously, Chippenham and Radstock got results at Kingston, which, which I think then teams did really well like, to, to keep going at the end of the year. All the games they've got to play, and it's a credit to the league that they, they, they did that. It, it is. It's, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to say, and we hear it, well, I hear it every week. Um, where the managers talk to me about the fact that on their day, you know, a lot of the managers in the first division are very confident that their sides can give anybody a game. And I think, in fairness, um, on the balance, there are um, results like the ones you've talked about. Um, so, for example, your games against Malmesbury and Almondsbury do bear out the fact that, you know, any team can give uh, any other team in the first division, you know, a good game. The gap between the very best and the rest isn't isn't um, perhaps that that far um, spread. I mean, how? Uh, it's probably too early to be asking you this now, but do, do you think that there's probably more of a gap between the haves and the have-nots in the Western League Premier Division? The top five, six in that division are, are very strong, yeah. But again, I haven't really come across them as such. I've watched a few games. Um, I can't really talk about our division, really. But yeah, I, I, I mean, there's obviously a bit of budgets and stuff that always helps in the Premier Division and. and and then top five or six sides, I think there is a gap there, a big gap between them and the rest. Um, and but like I say, I haven't, we haven't really come across that yet this year, and um, but we will next year. So that's, that's what we're grateful for. Is, I mean, it's an exciting prospect, though, isn't it? I mean, you are going to be you're going to be travelling to some very well established um, quality sides. You know, the, the, the strength of the, the Premier Division is such that they've gone very well in, and many of the clubs have gone well in the FA Vars. So. Um, are you looking forward to that challenge? Yeah, we can't wait. We really can't. Um, like I say, it's just we haven't really thought about it. Really, um, we've just been trying to finish the season really and get like get across that line and, and get that promotion. Or, we have, um, six weeks ago, the 
we're desperate to win the league and that um, come, come the end it was just just get promoted now really and, and not chuck it away because that would have been devastating for us if, uh, had, we not, had we not gained promotion after what we've done this season Mathematically, of course, you are in pole position at the moment, but do you think that with Westbury's two matches remaining and them only two points behind you, is it their title to lose? Yeah, I think, um, like we said, if anyone on their day um, can cause it. If, one, if they have one game to play, I'd have a little bit more hope on a one-off game. But Westbury are a good side. They need three points in their last two games, and really, you'd you, you back them to get that, really. I'd be surprised if they didn't, but you never know. They could put themselves under pressure Wednesday night and uh, going into that final game if they don't get that win Wednesday. So that's for us just to wait and see, really. It's a, it's a funny end to the season, though, isn't it? Because, of course, you've played all of your games now and you have mathematically secured that promotion spot. So, in a way, it's easier for you to reflect on what's been a successful season rather than necessarily pushing Westbury to the last game and then feeling almost as if you've got the consolation prize of promotion on the last day when, you know, you're still hunting for the league. Yeah, I, I, know, I know what you're saying there. Um, but after Thursday night at Malmesbury, I'm being on such a... I've never felt so low. And I think the lads were the same. I don't think we look upon it as a consolation prize like second place. We've, we've, we've achieved promotion. Um, and like I say, after the lower Thursday night and then to come back and get it, it was, it, it's got to be classed success. And um, can't take anything away from ourselves really now. We've, we've gone and done it. We can't push Westbury to the last game due to fixtures and how they've, how they've all gone. But... Um, We must sort of turn the, the positive back on the team's um, exploits. I mean, I, I, I know sort of post-season um, holidays are um, they're quite commonplace at this time of the season. Are the lads celebrating on a, on some beach somewhere at the moment? No, Gurns uh, is the manager, but the rest of them are uh, no. They're they're be at home Wednesday night, uh, refreshing their Twitter page at waiting for the devices and Westbury result to come through, and they'll be open. Um, and no, we, we, we go away on tour. Um, we do our tour pre-season, uh, so we go away and mix a few of the new lads in with the current group uh, like we did last year. And we have our presentation night next Saturday as well. So we, we get out of the way and then a couple of weeks off, which I'm sure they're going to do whatever they've got to do in. And we'll come back end of June, beginning of July, plan ahead for the, the Premier Division then. And my thanks to Liam for his time. Now, Radstock Town. As we said, consistently inconsistent. And having held title chase in Canesham, they managed to succumb to Chard Town. They did. Uh, only one goal in it. But uh, yeah, it did come for Chard. And it was a second half penalty uh, for Molly Pearce and helping them, them to the three points. as they Radstock. <laughs> Probably not, not hoping for the start only. But yeah, uh, a 1-0 win for Chard away from home. Now then, Welton Rovers, they warmed up for this week's Coalfield Classico against near-rivals Radstock with a 1-0 defeat at home to Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a pretty good goal uh, to break the deadlock and it came five minutes from time. Uh, Charlie Wilson uh, from the set-piece, uh, yeah, helping Bishop's Lydiard to a pretty impressive away victory. 1-0 at, uh, yeah, Welton. Well, for only 45 
people at that game, but um, I've got a sneaking suspicion that there'll be an awful lot more when um, when the Green Army take on the Miners. Anyway, Westbury United, uh, well, they continue to go well right to the um, to the bitter end. Um, Bishop Sutton were the visitors, but they could uh, they could get nothing from the game. No, indeed, uh, Westbury yeah, storming to a three-one win. Uh, two headers from Captain Dan Price, and then also a volley in the second half from uh, Josh Bergson. Helping them to a 3-1 win over Bishop Sutton. Uh, Sam Roberts had earlier equalised for, uh, for the away side. who played pretty well and all, but yeah, uh, Westbury storm into the victory. And now just needing three points from their final two games to uh, can, yeah to become champions. So uh, yeah, it's all looking good for Westbury at the moment. But uh, yeah, I think they're playing Wednesday night, so um, yeah, plenty of pressure on them. And finally, Wincanton Town very much at the races against Warminster. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, Dan Wise scoring twice for... Wincanton, then another goal for Downshire, obviously scored during the week. Yeah, 3-1 win uh, to, 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 to beat uh, Warminster, who had gone ahead earlier in the game, so yeah, come that win for Wincanton. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah, I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Uh, we look ahead uh, to uh, the week commencing Monday the 30th of April. Now, because of the of the magic of uh, podcasts, of course, you could be listening to this episode at any time uh, this week. Uh, the chances are you'll probably be listening to it uh, now earlier than Tuesday the 1st of May. Um, but Tom and I are having this conversation on Monday the 30th when there are two Les Phillips Cup semi-finals to be played. Yeah, indeed, and they're yeah, pretty mouth-watering, obviously. Uh, Shepard and Mallet, as you said, they're banging form uh, away at uh, Bridgewater. Uh, that's a 7.30 kickoff, and then the other one, Street versus Buckland, that needs no introduction. Another 7.30 kickoff. so yeah, plenty to look forward to in uh, those two, two clashes, and obviously a final ahead. Well, I've been gagging to get hold of Adam Castle, the manager of Buckland, because, of course, Buckland are on this epic run of fixtures that have come about as a result of the series of postponements and rearrangements that we've had because of the inclement weather. Uh, that alone was of interest to me, but, of course, the fact that mathematically Buckland can still finish second was of even more interest, but possibly even of greater interest was the fact that Buckland took on street in that Les Phillips Cup semi-final. Now, at the time of recording this, that game hasn't happened. But I'm not going to speak to Adam at the time of recording this. I'm going to speak to him in the future. So, as if by magic, call me Doctor Who. Now we have a chat with Adam about that game against Street. We know the fixtures that are coming. We know what kind of weeks we've got ahead of us. And, and you could just feel into the second half yeah, that Street were having good moments but not creating an awful lot. And you could just see that, you know, it was edging to extra time. And, of course, sure enough, it did. But, you know, to be honest, Ian, you know, we want to be in all the competitions, you know. And I think when you're out on the pitch, you know, you tend not to worry too much about it. you just got to get on and get the job done. And, you know, we couldn't be prouder of them. You know, this is from a club perspective, not mine. You know, the lads that have gone out there last night. And, you know, we've beaten the league champions twice in five days and not conceded a goal. So I think we're, we're at the level now that we, that we should be at. It's just... Can we physically keep it going now? Certainly, right down to the cup final next Monday. Yeah, I mean it, that that in of itself is a is an incredible achievement. 
What's caught the imagination of most of the fans, and I think the footballing public um, on a wider level, is of course the incredible run of fixtures that your club has um, towards up, well, up to the end of the season. Now, this would have been a story in of itself, but the fact that that run has included the likes of Street, a semi-final in the Les Phillips Cup, and now a final to add um, to the congestion. This this story just keeps on taking on Hollywood twists and Hollywood turns. And and the thing that really the thing that really catches my imagination, and I have to put my Melksham hat on here, is the fact that you are actually still mathematically in with a chance of finishing second. Well, we are, of course. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Melksham and Willen were to draw. You know, we could certainly tip you know both of them for second place if we won all our games. Um, you know, putting it to one side in terms of the fact that we're going to squeeze those final six games into you know maybe eight or nine days. Um, you know, we're more than capable of doing it. But you know, we know we're going to Bridport tonight. We're, you know, their home form has been you know a bit on and off this year, but they're a very very strong side. You know, they've had some really really good results. And you know, I think if we can get through this, you know, the Bridport tonight, Bitten tomorrow, and Hengrove on Thursday, and winning them all, which is would be a monumental effort. Um, I think, you know, we would still be in that mix. You know, goal difference-wise, we're out of it. So I think if Melksham was to beat Willand, um, or Willand was to beat Melksham, I'm not sure we're going to close down sort of 25, 30-goal goal difference. So that probably kills it off. But of course, we have Willand to play. Not all we can do is, is keep taking it one game at a time. I know it's a cliche in that, but, you know, we believe we can do it. I think that's half of the, that's half the battle. But, you know, we have got to take it one day at a time. And, and if we do lose tonight, obviously, it's out of our hands. And, you know, we might start turning our attention to resting players for next Monday because, of course, we're, we're going to be asked now to play another four games before that final, whereas I think Shepton only played once. So, you know, straight away, Shepton have got a huge advantage um, before the cup final as it is. This is a true underdog story, isn't it? And, I mean, it belies your ability because, clearly, you've been able to beat a side that hadn't been beaten in over 30 games in the space of five days. The season for Buckland was... I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a good season. You know, Buckland were going well before you, you came on board. But this has been... It's quite a phenomenal way to climax the season. I mean, I mean, I, I often do on the podcast run through lists of fixtures, which I probably shouldn't because it's dull. But I mean, I think people have to recognise that you played last night. You're playing on the 1st of May, the 2nd of May, the 3rd of May, the 5th of May. You've got the cup final on the 7th of May. Then you're back in action on the 8th of May and the 9th of May. I mean, that is truly a, a remarkable run of um, of fixtures. Out there to me now sort of almost upsets me for the lads that they've got to do that amount of football. The FA will get a lot of blame because they're putting pressure on leagues to finish by certain dates and certain times. But what are the leagues doing? You know, what is the two station league saying? What are they going back and saying about player welfare? Are the FA aware that players are being asked to play? What was that seven games you just said in, in nine days? You know, are they are they aware that that's happening? You know, because I don't think they are. Because I think if they were. They wouldn't be forcing it like this. I mean, there's there's a welfare department in all these FAs. What's the welfare department for? Because this this can't be healthy. You know, we know we're going to Bridport tonight, and we know we're going to lose a player or two to injury. It's going to happen because they're fatigue injuries. You know, I know an injury can happen even if you play Saturday to Saturday. But these aren't contact injuries. These are fatigue injuries. These are pulls. These are these are strains. You know, and, you know, like I said, I, I can't believe we're actually being asked to do it. And now the Cadbury Heath, which was originally Saturday the 12th, has gone in on Tuesday the 8th. I mean, even if we win the cup final, which, you know, you've got to, you've got to question our, you know, how much energy we'll have to win a cup final, we can't even celebrate it. 
know, we can't we can't even have a drink on the bus. We can't even go out for music because we're going to Cabernet the next night. What was the mood like in the camp then? Because I mean, I can tell that you're very frustrated by it, but. There's a there's a there's an almost an element of dare I say the blitz spirit. I mean, I wonder whether you know they your lads just keep on turning up and they just keep on finding a way to win. It's, it's remarkable mental resilience. It is. I think you know the frustration that I've got is shared by everybody at the club. But actually, it's it's turning out to be a bit of a motivator because we don't feel like we're not getting favours because clubs shouldn't get favours. But we certainly don't think we're getting a fair um, rub of the green in terms of what we're being asked to do. I mean, Bridport were in a very similar situation to us a few weeks ago. They're, they're the quarterfinal of the Cup. They'd only played 26 league games. The only difference is we've played another game with them, yet they don't play a single time when it's two consecutive days. You know, we're being asked to do four consecutive days and then three consecutive days. I don't understand how that can be, you know, how that relates back to the full fixture list. What do you think can be done to avoid this type of fixture congestion happening in the future? People will point fingers at our pitch. They'll say, well, you had a lot of games off. You, a, lot of your, your, a lot of your home games were postponed in the wet months. Yeah, admittedly, they were. But there was two to snow, which you can't do much about. We've had away games off to snow. We had an awful lot of rain. And in these rearranged fixes, only three of these away games, um, three of the games are away and four of them are home. So it's not like it's all on our pitch. You know, we've been unlucky. You know, We were due to play Willem just before Easter, away from home. Uh, an evening kickoff, you know, that was called off at 11 o'clock in the morning. The next two midweek games they had in the rain, they managed to get volunteers and get the game on. Just unfortunate for us, the day we were going to do it, we didn't have any volunteers. Same goes for Cadbury Heath. Unfortunately, midweek we were off there because we had a bad day's weather that day. Next week they're on in midweek, playing Bradford, I think. You know, we just, we've not been particularly lucky, but I think it goes right back to the start of the season. And if you look at the fixtures at the start of the season, we had one midweek game between September, October, November, and December. One midweek game. That's the problem. We've got to be like the Southern League. We've got to bang the fixtures in where the pitchers are good, where the players are fresh, and get ahead. Do you know, I know, you know, the, you know, the fixture secretary's got a tough job. He's got vast fixtures. He's got FA Cup fixtures. You know, we've been prepared to get on the M5 and get up to Cribs and Hall and all those ones on the M5 corridor midweek. No problem. But we don't get asked to. And now we get into this situation. And I think this is going to be a familiar situation. I don't think the weather's getting any better. I think this is, our, our winters are getting longer. We're having this conversation in the same week that the news broke that the FA are in discussions with um, Shahid Khan about the sale of Wembley and allegedly freeing up over £500 million um, to invest in grassroots football. And they've been very specific about the fact that they want to invest the, the money from the sale of Wembley in grassroots football. Now, I've never had the pleasure of visiting your ground. I do... I do hope that I, I do manage to get down there um, sooner or later. Yeah, lovely ground. It's a lovely ground. But, but one of the things, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously very focused on the tool station Western League level, and I appreciate that across counties, uh, across the southwest of England, uh, uh, you know, there are many types of grassroots football installation, and I'm sure there's many organisations and many clubs, not just people involved in the, in the Western League, um, that would have a claim to that money. But, but one of the issues is that I know our member clubs um, often have... Um, Intricate networks of community-based organisations from youth football, women's football, walking football. They're often a hub for their towns 
um, to deliver football to their local community. And that's why I think that there is a, a good case to be made to look at the, the state of um, well, grass pitches in the southwest of England, uh, which, which, which the Western League sits um, full square in. So would, would you like to see that if the FA were to free up a significant amount of money, that that would be a meaningful opportunity for clubs like yours to get the sort of investment that would make a difference to the state of your pitch? I mean, absolutely. I mean, we, we've done all we can over the last three or four years to improve the drainage. You know, we've, we've spent fifty thousand pounds on it through various grants, putting in um, the new drainage system. And the drainage system actually works very well because if you stand there on a rainy day down at the drain um, outlet, the water's pouring off the pitch. It's the fact that our pitch is clay-based, so it sort of, you know, very much gets compacted and and, and the water can sit on top. So there's more work to do in terms of changing that sort of top two feet layer of the pitch. But, you know, whilst we're about grassroots football, you know, I speak for Buckland, because that's my club. You know, Newton Abbott's got various clubs in it. You know, Newton 66, Newton Abbott Spurs. You know, this, this, this £500 million has got to go an awful long way. There's an awful lot of clubs, you know, in, in the UK to be supported. I don't know how much of this £500 million will actually filter down to clubs like Buckland, Newton Spurs, Newton 66. You know, we all need help. You go to any of these council pitches, you know, when you've got three or four out on a common... No, they're in, they're in terrible condition. You know, there's no there's no quality in those pitches. You know, the council owned pitches at grassroots level. You know, Buckland are very very fortunate for the ground that we've got. A lot of hard work, a lot of volunteers. You know, and we're very proud of our facilities. You know, we feel a bit hard done by with the weather. You, you touched on the West there. The West has got an absolute battery this winter. You know, Devon is particularly at the highest level of rainfall out of all the counties. You know, you know, we, we've taken an absolute battery, and I think that the grounds. The ground staff, the volunteer ground staff, have done an amazing job to get on the games that they have got on. And yeah, and I mean now we're in a situation where basically it's football um, every single every single day of the week. Um, uh, Adam, I mean, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. You, you know, yours continues to be a fascinating story, and of course, it will be one that we watch over the next um, uh, nine days um, as it as it unfolds. But I mean, what we can't take away from you and your players, more importantly, you know, is the fact that you you you, despite everything, um, despite the weather, despite the football association, you seem to be grinding out results um, and keeping this season alive, which um, I, I think. Even if it is a lot of football for your fans to be watching, it, it, it is a lovely position to be in. It's a lovely conundrum um, for them to be in, I'm, I'm sure. So congratulations for that. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get a chance to catch up with you and, uh, and this incredible story um, before the end of the season. Thanks, Ian. Great. Yeah, look, we'll give it all we've got. Our season's still alive with only seven, six or seven games to go. So we can't ask for any more than that at the end of the day. So we'll certainly begin at everything we've got over these next two weeks. And hopefully we'll, we'll come out at the end of it fit and healthy and with a trophy in our hands, hopefully. And my thanks to Adam for his time. Uh, there are still games in the Premier Division on Monday the 30th, Tom. Yeah, and there's a couple. Yeah, as you say, Bridlington versus Well City. Uh, and then also Longwell Green Sports. They take on Willem, both 7.30 kickoffs in the Premier Division. Uh, but probably more in the First Division. Yeah, there's five down there. And we've got Almondsbury, Radstock. We've got Bristol Telephones hosting Ashton Backwell. Bishop Sutton travel to take on Cheddar. That's 7.45 kickoff. Uh, Oldland versus Porter's Head, and then also Wincanton versus Sherborne, and all the others at 7.30 kick Slightly fewer games to be played on Tuesday the 1st of May. Bridport take on Buckland Athletic, that could be a crucial game, particularly for Melchon fans. And Cabri Heath take on Chipping Sudbury Town. Uh, Wednesday the 2nd, we've got a few more matches, Tom, and Buckland are in action again. 
Yeah, the third in uh, third in three days for them. They host Bitten uh, on Wednesday evening in their Premier Division tie. Um, there's also Hengrove Athletic uh, against Shepton Mallet, and then also Melksham away at Willand, which uh, should be a, a huge contest. And in the first division, Bishop Sutton take on Sherbourne Town, Chard Town entertain Cheddar, Corsham Town take on Portishead Town. Oldland Abertonians entertain Bristol Telephones. Warminster Town take on Canesham Town. Welton Rovers take on Radstock Town. That is the Coalfield Classico. And if Derby's didn't come bigger than that, there is another Wiltshire one. It's Westbury United against Devizes Town. Uh, only a few games uh, on in the Premier Division on Thursday, the third, Tom. And uh, have Buckland got a game? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're at home to Hengrove at uh, 7.30 kick-off. So that completes their 4-4, uh, four and four, which I know has um, garnered a bit of interest. So, yeah, um, uh, good luck to them this week. Uh, we've also got Brislington versus Bridport. We've got plenty of games as well. Bridport, they're another side. Uh, very much catching up on a few postponements. Uh, and then also Cadbury Heath versus Wellington. All three of those are 7.30 kick-off on Thursday. Well, there's no Friday night football. So that's good news for Buckland. Um, <laughs> but what is, what is... What is slightly, what is probably not as good news is that Buckland are indeed in action again on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, uh, another home game, so uh, yeah, not too much travel come the end of the week, which is well, that's <laughs> a relief, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they host Cribs uh, in one of three Premier Division games. Uh, we've also got Bridport versus Bradford, uh, and then Chipping Sudbury Town against Bridgewater. So yeah, three uh, Premier Division games on Saturday afternoon. And in the first division, Bishop Sutton take on Radstock Town, Chard Town. Entertain Chippenham Park. Cheddar entertain Westbury United. That's guaranteed to be a good game. Malmesbury Victoria take on Bishops Lydiard. Welton Rovers entertain Devizes Town. And Wing Canton take on Ashton and Backwell United. Now then, as I always do, Tom, if we take a look back, I think we probably best sort of contain ourselves to um, to Saturday the 5th of May. Uh, any Any ties there particularly tickle your fancy? Well, I mean, Westbury's uh, away game at Cheddar, if they slip up uh, on on Wednesday evening, they've got Devizes at home, who are doing pretty well, obviously, uh, to end their season. So uh, Devizes could definitely prove a, a, a stern contest for, for Westbury uh, on Wednesday. So if, they, if the uh, the home side do slip up there, an away game at Cheddar, not much easier. So um, it looks as though they'll become champions, but it's not. Yeah, writing's definitely not on the cards. They can uh, certainly be caught by these two sides, uh, Westbury. Uh, uh, Devizes and Cheddar won't be uh, won't be pushovers. So yeah, I think the uh, the game down there uh, at Cheddar on Saturday afternoon against Westbury could have huge permutations. And I think yeah, the other game in the first division that tickles my fancy is Welton Rovers against Devizes Town. Um, Welton been you know they played very well this season, but they you know they've not been in the greatest form of late. Devizes have been in absolutely fantastic form, so um, that I'm sure would be a very good game to go to if uh, if you are. Um, thinking of um, of travelling around the uh, the Western League, and of course in the Premier Division, well, Bridport Bradford, I think that will be a very good game, and Buckland Cribs. I mean, Buckland Cribs might not be uh, necessarily everybody's cup of tea, but if Buckland keep their winning run going, well, that could that game takes on particular interest, and the fact that um, you know that they must be tiring by that stage could uh, you know could mean an upset's on the card. So um, interesting stuff at the end uh, of the season. Uh, now, before we get on to the, uh, the goal scorers and the league tables, um, we will have a quick look at our parish notices section. First of all, I'd like to thank all of our member clubs that supported Football Shirt Friday. In fact, anybody involved with any club in the Toolstation Western League, if, uh, if you did an event at your workplace or your school or your club, 
then um, then uh, it was a it was very much appreciated, obviously, by Cancer Research UK and the Bobby Moore Fund. We we tried to do our bit, and uh, we raised a few quid. And uh, actually, you know, just because the final whistle's blown on Football Shirt Friday doesn't mean that um, every pound isn't um, isn't gratefully received. Uh, and if you're able to have a look at the Western League's Twitter feed or indeed the website, hopefully you'll find a link there to our to our fundraising page that was raising money for that excellent cause to fight bowel cancer. Now, another excellent cause is um, a young man called Adam Thurston, who uh, many people who follow the uh, the Western League on social media will be familiar with. Now, Adam is going for the Young Blogger of the Year Award. This is an award that's been run by footballbloggingawards.co.uk. And uh, yes, Adam is in the category of Best Young Football Blogger or Vlogger. I very much enjoyed uh, Adam's contributions to the um, to the blogosphere. There you go. That's um, that's my bit of lang- lingo to show that I'm down with the kids. But it, very very entertaining. And uh, Adam is a great advertisement for uh, football at our level. Indeed, he you know covers an awful lot of football across the country. But certainly the Western League features in uh, in Adam's. Uh, contribution. So for anybody who's ever seen um, one of his blogs, I certainly recommend you go and have a look at him on the internet. But um, if you do get a chance, please go and vote for him on footballbloggingawards.co.uk because he's one of our own. Right then. Now then, Tom, let's move on. You, I know you love a goal scorer, so, uh, so take us away. Indeed. So in the Premier Division, uh, Gary Higdon can't stop scoring. 37 goals for Melksham this season in the league. Uh, he's very much uh, ahead uh, of the pack. Uh, we've got David O'Hare finished the season with a hat-trick for Street, so he finished on 24 league goals. And there's also 21 uh, from Steve Murray, so yeah, you can see why Street finished uh, far and away ahead of the rest. Uh, and also 21 goals for Sam Jordan so far from Bradford. Uh, and Bridport's Mark Salt, obviously, who's um, yeah, uh, never stopped scoring. Uh, in the first division league, league goals, uh, we've got 28 apiece at the top. Uh, from James Rustle of uh, Radstock and then Matt Brown of Canesham. Got 27 for Dan Kovacs of Westbury. who's got a couple more games to, to fill his boots and maybe take that, uh, take the uh, top spot. Uh, Cheddar's Adam Jones uh, got 24 uh, so far. And then also Remograss and George's uh, Ryan Radford. Obviously, they've gained promotion, so he deserves a shout out. He got 22 league goals uh, so far. Uh, and there's also in all competitions, so Gary Higdon up to 39, uh, we've got Rustle on 38, uh, 31, sorry, uh, Brown on 29, uh, uh, some of the same names here, well, yeah, all the same names here, we've got Murray of Street on 29, and then also Salter of Bridport on 28. And of course, regular listeners to the podcast will know that we did take our hat off to Mark Salter a week or so ago when he scored his 500th goal uh, of his career, in a career dating back to 19... 19- 99 would you believe well we uh, we put our best uh, people on the case and we were trying to track down mark for an interview we've done that we're going to keep that one in the can because our podcasts are getting increasingly long due to this ridiculously backlogged schedule of fixtures don't get us wrong we do love talking about football but we we can't keep you here all we can't keep you here all day listeners so uh, we'll be bringing that interview with mark salter talking about his time in grassroots football western league football and indeed the professional ranks um for another for another week we'll we'll keep you we'll keep teasing you on that one but um, tom the all important business now of the league tables and there is an awful lot to talk about here will you will you take me through the runners and the riders in the premier division absolutely so street obviously champions 
38 games played. That's all their all their fixtures now complete. They've got nine. They had 99 points, so just one short of 100. Uh, second place currently we have Melksham. They've got one game left. So they've played 37. They have 81 points. Uh, Bradford 37 played also, so just one game to go. That's 75 points, so six back from Melksham. Uh, we've then got Willand uh, in fourth spot. They've played 35, so three games to go. They have 72 points. Uh, we've then got Buckland, uh, the, the, the team that nobody uh, can quite predict what's going to happen this week. Uh, but they've played 32, so six still to, six games still remaining in the league, uh, and also the cup tie, obviously. And they are on 66 points, uh, so they could still finish on as many as uh, 84 uh, if everything goes their way. Um, so plenty to play for for them. I've also, yeah, must give a shout-out to Shep DeMalo, who finished the season well. They've played 37 now on 62 points. Uh, down the bottom, uh, Wales, 37 games played, so one remaining. They have 11 points. Uh, Longwell Green, 36 games played. They have 19 points. Uh, and then Cadbury, 32 points from their 35 games. Really, all the interest at the top of the table, isn't it, of course? And Street have finished um, their campaign now, so that 99-point um, total is what they're on. 2.61 points per game, which is um, pretty impressive in any in any league. Uh, and then second, as you said, Tom, Melksham Town, with uh, potentially 84 points the same as um, the same as Buckland Athletic. Um, at the moment, Melksham Town are on 2.19 points per game. Buckland's is only 2.06, but of course both sides could finish on 2.21. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, promotion, Premier Division, up into the Southern League, is uh, is by no means assured for that team finishing second. Um, so due to changes within the non-league pyramid, next season there will be 26 promotions across the 14 Step 5 League, cl- league clubs up for grabs. The 14 champions for each league are guaranteed places, leaving 12 spots from 14 second-placed teams. Now at the moment Melksham Town entertain the 10th spot in that league. So they are 10th out of 14 of those sides that are likely to go up and uh, with the top 12 at the moment, that's what the FA are telling us, um, we'll, ent- we'll, we'll have those um, promotion spots. So that's why the points per game ratio is so very important. Exciting times over the next week ahead and of course we will bring you all the news as we can get it and we can glean it from the FA because there are all sorts of permutations with league organisation going on. But um, all we can say is that was the league, that was the rules at the beginning of the season. So watch this space for um, news on who does indeed, if anyone, get promoted from the Premier Division into the Southern League. Um, are matters any clearer, Tom, in the First Division? At the top, they are a little bit, yes. So we've got Roman Glass. Uh, they've played their 32, sorry, 42 fixtures now. They currently sit top. They've got 93 points. That's what they finish on, and that will be enough for promotion. Uh, we've got Westbury in second. They played 40, so two games remaining, and they are on 91 points. They need two points for, for promotion, uh, but they need the three uh, to become champions. And they have two two games remaining, as we discussed just a little uh, while ago. Uh, Canesham then down in third, 41 games played, uh, 89 points. So they obviously can't catch Roman Glass, uh, but they could catch Westbury if there's a, a couple of slip-ups this week. And, uh, yeah, Westbury's uh, fixture's not the easiest, as we, uh, as we mentioned, so still could be plenty to play for. You never know. Uh, we've got And then Cheddar um, down in fourth, uh, 39 games played, so they've still got three remaining this season. They're on 70 points. Uh, and then Devizes and Radstock uh, battling for fifth. They're both on 67 points with a couple of games remaining uh, this season. 
Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it, to think that yeah. um, uh, Westbury have a chance of <laughs> winning the title or yeah. not getting promoted at all. Um, <laughs> and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. So, Groman Glass with the points on the doors. Um, yeah, they're the ones who've uh, they're the ones who were quite literally on the beach in their manager's case. Um, but Canesham and Westbury, yeah, it's a funny old situation to end the season. I mean, down at the bottom, of course, we've got um, Warminster Town. Um, uh, they've played 41, they've got 24 points. They can't get any more than 27, which means they can't catch Portishead. Portishead played 39, got 28 points. They could get 37, which means that they still couldn't catch Corsham Town, who've played 41 and got 39. That's the bottom um, of the uh, of the first division, Tom. Another epic ep- um, effort for both of us uh, on this uh, on this week's podcast. But actually, um, it's been a great. Um, you know, we've had we've had plenty of uh, football to talk about, and uh, really, the league is coming to a very exciting climax. So it's always very exciting um, to uh, to cover this with you. And of course, we will be in, in we will be in action next week. Um, but for now, um, the listeners they can read your bulletin on the Toolstation Western League website. Yeah, absolutely. That's on the homepage, and then also there's a tab along the top uh, with all the bulletins there. So yeah, you can get that on uh, in Word format and also in the PDF. So yeah, that's, uh, that's available for everyone. And you are um, in print in the non-league paper. Yeah, a couple hundred words uh, this week on the uh, yeah Premier Division and uh, what happened there. So yeah, uh, that's in the uh, step five and six section in the non-league paper. That's correct. Yeah. Now, of course, there's one thing that's just occurred to me that we haven't discussed yet, because we did talk about the uh, the fixtures coming up at the weekend, Tom, but there is a rather important fixture coming up on the May Day bank holiday, uh, Monday the 7th of May. Yeah, of course, the uh, yeah, Les Phillips Cup final. Uh, so we mentioned the semis, uh, which take place tonight, as we're recording, so Bridgewater versus Shepton Mallet, uh, and then Street versus Buckland. Obviously, the winner of that uh, a week on will, well, yeah, will take part in the, uh, the final. But, but, you know, my TARDIS has... You know, only works so well, and uh, I've run out of juice, so I have no idea who's going to win that one. Um, but what I can tell you, listeners, is that it will be played at Longwell Green, and probably by the time that Tom and I get together, um, that final will be played, and we'll be reflecting on which one of our member clubs is the Les Phillips Cup winners for this season. But for now, it's been myself, Ian Knockholds, and Tom Hiscott on the Tool Station Westernly Podcast. <laughs>